I'm Sean Bowles, and I want to welcome you to Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. I have a passion for how the prophetic gifts can change the world around us. They make simple, everyday people like you and I a catalyst for life-changing experiences with the supernatural. On this podcast, I have friends from all different backgrounds who each have a powerful story to tell about how the prophetic is shaping their world. I invite you to be part of the conversation. This is Exploring the Prophetic. Today's episode of Exploring the Prophetic, I get a feature Troy Booter. And Troy is a producer, and he's involved with many faith-based films and just family films. And one of the most famous ones that many of you have watched is The Queen of Kotway, about a, a little girl in the slums of uh, Uganda who ends up winning a huge chess match. And it's just crazy. Disney did this story with him, and he's had many other uh, movies as well. One of them that came out last year was called Unbridled. And it's about girls who've been trafficked or are severely abused who end up uh, sharing a horse ranch with horses that have been severely abused or had, you know, problems. And they help to rehabilitate each other. Just a beautiful movie. But he's an ex-pro hockey player, did everything from smuggling Bibles through his hockey career into Russia when he was playing in Europe to starting an investment company. And he's been working in investment and financial management, wealth management for quite some time now. And I think those of you who are listening who care about the entertainment industry or the financial world or even missions, you're going to really love his perspective. He says some things and I've already got to interview him. And so this is your catching up to what I've already got to do, which is amazing. He says some things that really were mic droppers for me. They were things that like went straight into my spirit and my heart. So I know you're going to enjoy it as well. Uh, we have uh, just something that we have an offer for you that we want to share with you right before we get to the interview. Thank you so much. Hey, Exploring the Prophetic Family, we have an incredible new resource for you. My new book, Provision, Prophecies, Prayers, and Declarations is out now. I wrote this book so that you would have a very specific tool to help you use words to define your own history and future with God. Throughout human history, we've seen prayer and the prophetic and declarations shape society, set culture, provide heritage, and bring vision for the future. And when you combine prayers, declarations, and prophecies like you encounter in this book, you become even more intentional about the power of words. Prophecies, prayers, and declarations are instrumental for us to enter our promised land. This book, Provision, Prophecies, Prayers, and Declarations, will cover topics in finances, resources, family, influence, favor, business, and more. Through this book, I'm inviting you on the journey of learning how to use words to speak in the very fabric of your life, the spiritual realm, and the world around you. I pray that you'll find yourself using and reusing this book as you hear God speak to your heart. You can get our book anywhere books are sold, but if you get it at bowlsministries.com and you pre-order it or post-order it, you're going to get a very exclusive teaching series. So I want to encourage you to get it there. Welcome to another episode today. I have my friend Troy, who is on the line, who we met through uh, an amazing project that he did. It was right after he did this project, a, a great movie that he produced uh, called The Queen of Cotway, which was a Disney movie, just a brilliant movie starring David Oyelowo and then some unknown actors as well, which Troy had a hand in. But Troy, welcome to the show. You do many things, but I wanted to just introduce the, the way we met. Hello. Hello, Sean. How are you? <laughs> I'm so good in so many ways and we're still in the lockdown, so it's also very hard in many ways. Well, listen, I saw you a little bit earlier. Now I'm hearing you loud and clear, and you don't look, nor do you sound any older. A belated happy birthday to you. I know you just celebrated <laughs> your birthday recently, but you're looking good, looking and sounding good. Thank you. I've, I've gotten a little grayer, except for when I'm on TV. <laughs> <laughs> you know, 46 is a, is a big number for, for, for someone, I think. <laughs> well, 
Yeah, well, people these days are even living beyond 50, so the odds are with you. <laughs> exactly. I know we're planning on living like beyond 100. I know there's these places on Earth called Blue Zones. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it's where people live well past 100 on average. And my wife and I are like, either we're going to retire in one or we're going to create one. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, I'm so excited about talking to you today because you're a financial investor. You also, and uh, work in finance, you also had this radical kind of trip to where you start producing movies, but your background also, you were a professional hockey player. So, I mean, you have this really eclectic life that I think is unusual, but how did your kind of your deepening faith to be able to do what you're doing? Where did that start, that connection to Jesus where you really knew what you're doing is what you're supposed to be doing? Oh, boy, it was really an evolutionary process, Sean, but there were some some very pivotal moments along that trail uh, one of them happened in your backyard in Southern California. I was toiling in the semi-pro hockey leagues of Southern California, trying to figure out what I was supposed to be doing, and ended up giving my life to the Lord at a at a wow. church in San Diego. And that's kind of where it all began. And I went on a short-term mission trip that took uh, semi-pro hockey players into uh, any Eastern Bloc country, any communist country that had ice and ice hockey. We would smuggle Bibles in and and share That's the gospel awesome. with those teams. We would get to play them. And then part of the contract was we would meet with them afterwards for a little banquet dinner celebration. And at that time, we would have a Bible, a sports Bible printed in their language. And we would have a chance to share the gospel, share our testimony wow. with their own personal sports Bible. And so that was really the start of my journey into understanding how God uses the skill sets and the gifts that he's given us to further his kingdom and does it in tandem with the joys of our heart. I, I had just fallen in love with the Lord. I was a new baby Christian. I had loved hockey all my life, having grown up in Canada. And he married the two, allowing me to go to Eastern and Western Europe to use that sport to as an, as an evangelical platform that uh, was really an amazing experience. That's phenomenal. And I've heard some of that, but I didn't realize you're going to communist countries and doing that. That's, that's just phenomenal. Like that, what a, what a day that was when, you know, USSR was just ruling that part of the world and how they had it so locked down. We have a few countries like that still, but that was such a stronghold. And the fact that you guys smuggled Bibles in is just phenomenal. Well, no, kind of take us on the journey from there. Lot, like, there was a lot, of, a lot of really good stories came out of that, but that's not what we're here to talk about today. From that journey, I ended up leaving. I spent six years in Europe and uh, played hockey in the West, but continued to do those mission trips into the East. And I relocated from Sweden to Charlotte, North Carolina, because I wanted wow. to get into the investment finance business. And Charlotte at the time was the number two banking center in the country. Wow. But as I grew in the Lord, Sean, I also grew in my dysfunction for my upbringing. And that dysfunction, a lot of that uh, was part and parcel of my self-worth being wrapped up in my sport, my self-worth being wrapped up in academics, or now I was entering a new chapter going into business and I was starting all over again. And my self-worth was diluted. And I brought that dysfunctional relationship into my walk with the Lord. And I was like, mm. all right, God, uh, I'm so happy that we've met. I'm, I'm, I'm so happy that you've saved me. But here's a new chapter. And if you'll just step aside, uh, I want to be able to perform on your behalf. I want to make you happy and proud. So here I go. It's a, it's a brand. It's wow. like being an athlete, a hockey player on a new team as a rookie. And you're at the bottom of the uh, at the level for scoring and you're gauged by how much you can score and produce. And now I was walking into finance and thinking, here's the same thing. I'm a rookie. I'm at the bottom of the ladder and I've got to produce not for uh, the institution, but really for the Lord so that he would love me and accept me. So I went on, uh, as I would describe a, 
a serial entrepreneurial uh, bent and I started creating companies and I was like the man in the circus who was trying to manage all of these spinning plates and I was spinning them and spinning them and spinning them and so concerned that one of them should drop and somebody would see that there was a, a fallacy in my life, there was a chink in my armor. And mm. one day, one day I got on my knees, Sean, and in a 60-second prayer, I prayed and I said, Lord, I am most grateful for these opportunities that you've given me. Uh, I'm thankful for the gifts that you've given me that have allowed these um, businesses to flourish. But if for some reason I am on Troy's agenda and Troy's path and not yours, will you please start this whole thing over? Will you remove from my life anything that you need to remove so that I can use the remainder of my life to glorify you with the skill set that you've given me? Well, when I got to North Carolina, there was no hockey there, and I'd loved doing sports ministry. So I had gotten involved with a soccer ministry and they were doing kind of the same thing but they were using soccer as a platform and through that ministry i had found out about the story of these young uneducated slum children in the abject poverty slums outside of kampala uganda i wow. found out about the story and i could not get it out of my heart i just couldn't let the concept of what was going on there leave my mind and heart and so one day i prayed and i said lord why can't i get this story out of my mind and he said troy I need a volunteer. I need somebody to champion this story. I need a voice for the voiceless. And I said, well, Lord, allow me to remind you, I live in North Carolina. Uh, <laughs> I've never been involved in the entertainment industry. I've never been involved in, in producing any kind of stories, written or movie. And, and I, I said, I really, I'm happy to volunteer, but I have absolutely no idea what I'm doing in this field. And he spoke these words to me that changed my life forever. He said, Troy, you have spent a lifetime trying to do on my behalf that which I simply want to do through you. Will you wow. finally allow me to be your partner? I am not interested in your ability. I simply want your availability. If you'll just grab my hand, walk so on this good. journey together, you'll be able to see how much more we can get done. And son, there's no spinning plates in my business world. Wow. Wow. How, how did that transition to be a voice for the voices as a movie? Like, when did the idea for the movie actually form? Well, then it just became a process of bumbling and stumbling and, and just hanging on to the coattails of the Lord and just trusting him. And it was one divine uh, appointment after another. Uh, one that was very pivotal led me to an agent at CAA, Creative Artist Agency in L.A. I ended up with a very, very powerful uh, Jewish agent, a, a great, great man. Uh, who is well known for taking literary projects and turning them into movies. At this point, we had uh, brought on an author and we did an article for ESPN magazine that was an award-winning article. And since nice. ESPN is owned by Disney, it kind of caught the eye of Disney. And by the time I got to my agent at CAA, he said, Troy, this is, this is an incredible story that Disney, absolutely Disney is going to love this and I'd like to bring it to them. And so it was through my agent at CAA that actually opened up the doors at Disney uh, for them to take a look at this project. And then um, they fell in love with it. Yeah. How could you not? For those of you who haven't watched it, I'm going to encourage you to watch it because it's a beautiful story. I love how you picked um, as a team, you picked the, the girl who's the star of it. I believe she wasn't an actress before this. Is that true? Uh, she had done some acting uh, a little bit, nothing really, really big. The gal that plays Fiona, who's the yeah. middle child of the three children who became international chess champions. And for a, a girl 
in the slums of that kind of poverty for a female to be able to break through that glass ceiling and become somebody in the most academic of all sports was absolutely amazing. So this girl played a really, really pivotal role. You mentioned a good friend of yours and mine earlier, David Oyelowo, who's a tremendous actor and a very, very strong Christian. He was a star in the movie, as was Oscar award winner Lupita Nyong'o, who played yeah. the mother of Fiona uh, and did a fantastic job. And David and, and Lupita had a, developed a really, really strong relationship through all of the uh, process of developing the Queen of Cotway, which was neat to see. Well, tell me in the context of making movies now, where have you seen God show up? Like, wh where is God in that industry? And how has he helped you? Or how has he partnered? Because you called him your partner. He wanted you to be his partner. Like, let's talk about some of those stories and make it real practical. Yeah, well, uh, I, I'm a little embarrassed when I say this. I guess in my boldness of having developed uh, those other businesses and having uh, competed as an athlete, I had you know, my boldness was both a, a benefit and sometimes a liability. But in all that process where the Lord was teaching me just to let go, surrender, let the plates fall to the ground, trust his His process and, and all of this, um, it, it was just really um, me having to having to just kind of trust his plan. And, um, and, and in that surrender process, I came before him and I said, God, I am willing to volunteer and do any of these projects that you have for me. And I, I believe this is not going to be a one-off, that there's others that are going to come along. But I would like to make this deal with you. I pray that you never make me have to chase a story. I don't want to be on mm -hmm. people in Hollywood and having to chase and fight and strive and fall into that, back into that again. I said, Lord, I'm available. I am surrendered. But would you please bring the stories to me? And that was my simple prayer. I've never gone out and looked for any stories. Uh, they have just come to me, and a lot of them come. Um, you and I shared the, the stage at, at Bethel uh, during the Creative Conference a couple of years ago, and there were a lot of great stories from that conference that came my way. A lot of them oh, yeah. that, um, have great merits for maybe not movies, but at least in the written form. So that was the little deal I made with the Lord uh, that I wouldn't have to chase them. And he's been honoring that and bringing me stories. We produced uh, a movie that was released about a year ago, uh, another true story. I really feel um, called to that particular genre, um, Sean, working in the, the movies like The Blind Side, like Queen of Cotway, that are uh, not Christian movies made for a Christian audience. I have nothing against that, but I feel called to be in an environment where we're producing movies that have strong, strong, strong underpinnings of faith but they are movies that are produced for a mass audience. We released a movie last so year called Un Unbridled, an independent movie. True story of a, an organization slash ministry that goes out and rescues uh, abused, uh, abandoned horses. They bring them to the horse farm, and then they rescue mm. uh, young, uh, drug-addicted and or human-trafficked young girls. They bring them wow. to the wow. horse farm, and uh, through mutual therapy, the young girls helping the horses and the horses uh, through equine therapy helping the young girls. We followed the life story of one of the young girls. So that movie is called Unbridled. That's phenomenal. I haven't seen it yet. I'm going to have to totally see that. I think I think it's interesting because, you know, you could do many things. And the fact that God called you again, I like the, how you describe what you're called to uh, just a minute ago where you're saying it's not necessarily faith based films. It's just true stories and, you know, bringing voice to the voiceless. This is kind of to me, I, I think of the entertainment industry as one of the most ramped up globalizing things there is. And so when God releases a message through a story, it's worth like a thousand sermons. You know, like people can go to church for 
a thousand weekends and never hear that one story that comes alive in them just from watching one movie or watching one interview. And I think uh, that's how I felt with the Queen of Cotway, which I did see. I felt like it was like watching because I'd been to Uganda and I'd actually been to some of the slums and worked, you know, just short term missions and some stuff. And we actually had a base at one point um, right outside of Kapala and in a slum. And I just remember just the kids loving their story. And I just thought I've thought many times in my lifetime, how do you get people interested who are in the Western world and such beautiful people who will never have the chances or the opportunities that we do in the West? And how do you give them God's vision for them? And I remember seeing the King of Cotway, Queen of Cotway, I keep saying King. And it was just one of those moments where I'm like, thank God that you guys made this movie. And thank God for the people who get to see it because it puts this, it takes away the us and them from that group of people. Yeah. And I'm sure that Unbridled does the same thing. It takes away the us and them because you're you're in the movie. You're, these are your people while you're watching it. You care the compassion center, you know, opens up. I just feel like what God does through creative arts and through media, through movies, through television, music, it just is the fastest track to the heart. Yep. Yep. And so it's so beautiful that God used your experiences, you know, in one of the entertainment industries, which is sports and in missions and that, and then you come into financial investing and then you become a producer. I mean, how, how crazy is that? It's, it's so crazy. And again, it comes all comes down to that 60 second prayer, but I want to, commend you, first of all, for all the kind words you've shared about the Queen of Cotway. That's so gracious of you. But I piggyback on what you just said a minute ago in 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 what you were saying, that um, a movie can be equivalent to a thousand sermons. And it has that power, obviously, in what it can do. But there's a different power as well. And that power is that individual, your neighbor, your coworker, somebody that you invite to church maybe a couple of times and they shun and reject you because that is not their jam. They don't want to get into a church for whatever the reason is past hurts. But you know, when you produce a movie that has strong underpinnings of faith, sometimes it's a lot easier to invite your neighbor or coworker to come to a movie with you and you get to go to the movie and let the Holy spirit. I like to use the phrase. We basically hijacked Disney, the most influential uh, world renowned movie company ever, ever produced or created. Yeah. We hijacked them to produce an anointed movie where you can bring a neighbor, a friend, a coworker to the movie theater and let the Holy Spirit do the work through the cinema. That's absolutely incredible. So it's like you said, it's a thousand sermons packed into 90 minutes, but it's also an opportunity around the world to invite those who would never step foot in a church to come and hear the gospel told through the magnificence of Jesus. Well, what are some of the, the effects um, that you got to hear uh, you know, we call them testimonies or reports that you got to hear because of these movies. And, and, and what was that like to hear that something you created touched people or changed their, their view of life or their worldview? Um, you know, I, there's so many stories that have come out of it. Uh, I, I can say that um, probably the most pivotal time for me was we had er heard early on, and this is very, very common for movies, especially when Disney's behind them, when they're getting released or getting ready to be released, there's a lot of buzz, whether it's Golden Globes buzz, Oscar buzz. We had David Oyelowo, who was uh, received a Golden Globe nomination for his portrayal as Martin Luther King Jr. in the movie Selma. Yeah. 
he did not win the Golden Globe, nor did he win the Oscar, but it's incredible that he was nominated. Then we had Lupita Nyong'o, who had already won an Oscar for 12 Years a Slave. And so there was a lot of buzz, Sean, about, oh, this, now it's David's time. He's going to win his Oscar, and Lupita may win her second Oscar. And the girl that you mentioned earlier, the young girl that played Fiona, she, there was buzz around her. And, and this started to kind of put me back into my splate. Um, uh, plate spinning years again and I started to mm. allow myself that that false sense of security to allow part of my identity to be now um, uh, stabilized through this movie which was very very dangerous for me because when the awards came out David didn't win Lapita didn't win the young girl who played Fiona didn't win and I kind of found myself struggling with that and as I got on my knees before the Lord again, and I prayed, and I said, Lord, help me with this. And he said, Troy, I'm never going to call you to an assignment where the metrics of measuring the success of that assignment is going to parallel the metrics of success that the world uses. Wow. Your success <laughs> business is looking at a Disney movie through their eyes, through their metrics, whether it be awards, whether it be revenues generated at the box office. I don't operate that way. And that brought me a lot of peace. And then one year after the movie was released, I was in Southeast Asia doing some ministry work. And part of that ministry work was to speak at maximum security prisons. I found mm -hmm. myself in the first maximum security prison outside of Manila in the Philippines. I gave my first talk. It was a 30, 40 minute talk at a maximum security prison. I got down off of their little stage. I walked over to where four wardens had gathered three males and one female. And the female had her head down and I could tell that she was upset. So I pulled her aside and I said, um, you know, I, I hope I didn't say something wrong. Can you tell me what's going on? She said, well, she said, we were uh, hoping that you would come and speak at our prison, our prison system, because we heard that you had a connection to the Queen of Conway. But now that you've told your story about God and his assignment and how he uh, took you out of the middle of nowhere, North Carolina, to uh, allow you to be involved in this, she said, I'm just so touched. She said, Troy, what you don't know is that it is mandatory in the prison system in the country of the Philippines that every incarcerated inmate as part of the rehab program has to watch the Queen of Kauai. Oh, my gosh. And when she told me that she was crying, I started crying. And I remember God telling me, Troy, my assignments are never measured with the common metrics the world measures success. That was my Oscar wow. moment to be in a maximum security prison outside wow. of New York to hear those words spoken. And how many other countries like the Philippines are using this movie to create eternal hope, to create secular hope for people to come out of the prison and just know that if this young, uneducated, uneducated slum girl can rise to international chess champion, then I can do something with my life as well. What a beautiful story. I mean, that's just, I feel like there was a mic drop moment in there. And I just think, I mean, I, I love that, that we don't measure our metrics the same way. And I do think when you're looking for eternal fruit, and we all have to learn we're human, when you're looking for eternal fruit, there's those moments that God stuns you. And it's usually right after a moment of disappointment, like you were saying, when something yeah. doesn't happen. And I've, I've faced those experiences before, not on that level, but I've faced those experiences before. And when I say not on that level, I don't mean like I didn't have that area of weakness in me because I have. But in that level, like making a movie that could win Oscars. <laughs> but I think people are going to be able to really relate to this. You who are listening, I know, just looking at this and thinking about the fact that 
Um, we're not looking for the world's affirmation and we're not looking for systems of the world. It's beautiful when we do get awarded. It's beautiful when we do change the metrics, but there's also a difference. We're, we're looking for different fruit that can be measured very easily by Galatians, you know, the fruit of the spirit. And so I just think it's so beautiful, Troy. Thank you so much for sharing these stories. It's phenomenal. Well, I, uh, you have been an inspiration to me, Sean, and it's a, it's a cliche to use the words that it's an honor to be here, but it truly is to have been at Bethel with you and to see how God is using you, what he's doing in and through you, and then to watch you come down off the stage and go and have lunch with you when we did and we chatted and to see that you're relevant, you're hip, you're cool, you're easy to talk to, you're interruptible. I just really am so happy to see your obedience and what you're doing and providing this platform. I, I My story, um, I hope, Sean, that it encourages the influencers out there that are currently influencing. But more importantly, I hope that it ignites and inspires the influencers that are in the closet. That somebody told that. them that they don't have the strength, that somebody told them that they'll never amount to anything. Like I was told, uh, somebody, you know, the fear that's keeping them incarcerated in their own little prison. I hope this story can really inspire them. I'll leave you with one last thing if you have a minute. Yes, uh, please do. I'd like to share something that I completely understand, but it didn't make it any easier. When God plucked me from the obscure ranks of North Carolina and moved me into a position to work with the most famous of all movie production companies, I circumvented a lot of the steps that others take, whether it was going to USC film school, whether it was being an indentured servant uh, with a, an organization like Creative Artists Agency, where they spend four or five years as an internship, very, very low paid. They paid their dues. And I walked into that boardroom when I was finally um, uh, awarded the position to be a producer on this movie. And I walked into that boardroom and there was nothing but dark stairs and daggers. And they just felt that I didn't belong there. And they tried to they tried to intimidate me out of that boardroom all the way back to Redneckville, North Carolina, where they thought I belonged. And after the wow. first three or four meetings of them doing that, Sean, it started to wear me down. And I began to think, man, I don't belong at that table. I don't belong. I don't deserve to have a seat at that table. And I started to lose all of my confidence. And I, again, got on my knees in a short prayer. And I said, Lord, I need your help. I need your help. And he said, Troy, I am a redeemer of time. If you mm -hmm. look back on, on your life when I moved you from Sweden to North Carolina, put you in the investment business and uh, some other businesses that I had you create, I gave you the opportunity to develop skills that were more conducive to being in that boardroom than most of the people that sat at that table. Not only have I anointed and appointed you, but I've also connected the dots, redeemed the time. And all those years when I wasn't preeminent on the throne and you were spinning plates, I was working in the background. I was connecting dots. I was creating skill sets that gave you the ability to sit at that table and help produce and create this movie. So don't be intimidated. Yes, some of them went to film school. Some of them have paid their dues in other ways. But you, Troy, have paid your dues in a different way. And if you yes. look back and collect all the equity and what you've done and realize producing and creating a business is not dissimilar from producing and creating a movie. You deserve to be at that table. So hold your head high and be proud. And remember, I'm in control of all this anyways. And that was life changing for me. It's life changing for us to hear it. I think it's so good. I think our talk is probably going to be a good adjustment for a lot of people in their faith and their identity. And it sounds like God's giving you so much self-awareness at times and to be able to move you forward. And we need that. That's one of the things the Holy Spirit does is he doesn't just give us jobs to do. He gives us a heart 
and a connection to him to be able to live out the fullness of who we are. And I just see that in you so much. Well, how do people follow your career? And um, is it just through watching the movies or is there a website? Well, there's a couple of different websites. Uh, but yeah, I probably best either just to Google me. I've had the great opportunity to be able to share this uh, message or similar messages at different churches or conferences. So YouTube or Google, they can hear more of the message. Um, but just, yeah, just pray and, and look for opportunities. If they see a movie that is a true life story that's got strong underpinnings of faith made for a mass audience, I probably have my hand in it somewhere. So as long as I can go and attend or maybe, uh, you know, invite people that wouldn't go to church with them to a movie like that. We're working on some yes. things now uh, that are kind of in the infantile, sta infantile stages. I can't really disclose much, but I feel... Uh, again, as I shared earlier and making that, that silly little prayer to the Lord that I didn't have to chase movies and that I just feel he's going to continue to bring stories. There's so many powerful stories around the world, as you know, and what you do, Sean, that, that really need to be put into print or on the big screen. And so I want, I'll leave you with one last quote. It's a very powerful quote that I uh, have always enjoyed from mother Teresa and this, uh, opportunity on your podcast, uh, you know, if it reaches one little Troy Booter or one little Sean Boltz or one person out there that has been called to assignments and they've kind of, um, shrunk away from them, I, I hope it inspires them. But uh, what we can do is what mother Teresa realized what she could do and what she couldn't do. She said this quote, I alone cannot change the world, but I can cast a stone across the water to create many ripples. And you're doing a fantastic job with this, Sean, over the last couple of years and what you've been able to do and morphing your uh, programs into all the different iterations that we're now seeing. Thank you for the opportunity to share this with you today and share this with the audience. And thank you for all that you're doing. Well, I, I appreciate you as always. And thank you for just sharing your heart and not just sharing stories, but sharing it from a place of identity and heart. That really, I know it's strengthened all of us. And thank you for listening today. And I enjoy being on a journey with you, especially in hearing God's voice. Thanks. Have you been enjoying exploring the prophetic? Well, you can enjoy it even more by becoming a partner with Bulls Ministries. Everything we're doing with our podcast is made possible by our incredible partners and financial contributors to our ministry. They are helping us to bring the equipment, to upgrade everything we're doing, to have the time and space to do this. It's a free offering we give to you. Maybe you're listening in your shower. Maybe you're listening in your car, your workout. Well, I want to continue to do this. I'm going to continue to have these incredible guests tell their prophetic process of how God's spoken to them so you can get a vision of how God speaks to you and also so that other people all around the world can have this resource at their fingertips from their smart device, their computer, their YouTube, whatever they have, that they will have this, this incredible resource. So go on the partnership journey with us. As a partner, you're going to receive an email and communication every month from us. We resource you with a partnership page that has literally dozens and dozens of messages that only of our partners have. We also have partnership contribution back to you where we actually give resources. You guys get stuff first. Usually at Christmas time, we have a new book come out. You guys get it before everybody else and you get it signed. I love our partnership program. I love being on a journey with our partners because they are some of our, they're a team, they're our family. They're the ones who are contributing to make this happen. Come be a partner today. Go to bowlsministries.com under giving and membership and you will become a partner. Thanks for listening to Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Bowles. I want to encourage you to stay involved with us. Continue the conversation online by going to our Facebook page. Sean Bowles is our Facebook public address. Also, you can visit us at www.bowlesministries.com. And if you're enjoying the podcast, make sure to subscribe to it. It's Exploring the Prophetic with Sean Bowles.